Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, I am going to be talking about the psychology of cheating and specifically why people cheat. I'm going to do a mini series on the psychology of cheating. So I'm thinking this episode will be why people cheat. And then I really want to do another episode on emotional cheating and what it is. I also want to do another episode dedicated to can we avoid being cheated on? And then another episode on, okay, I've been cheated on what do I do? Should I stay or should I leave? I'm going to do those episodes. I think I'm going to do them back to back as well. But there's so much that I want to talk about in terms of cheating. But when I was writing down all my ideas and researching, there was too much to talk about in one episode. So I'm going to be breaking it down into a mini series of like part one, part two, and so on. So today we are going to be talking about why people cheat. And this episode is probably going to trigger a lot of you or a lot of people whether you've been cheated on or you have cheated or maybe you even have an anxious attachment style that maybe you convince yourself every time that your partner isn't with you or that they're out at a club that your brain then automatically assumes that they are cheating on you and you just send yourself into a spiral. But I think that this, an episode like this is really important because cheating can be a one-off thing or it can be a pattern and this is why it's really important to gain insight into topics like these. And this episode is for people who want to understand cheating. There is no shame if you have been cheated on and maybe you've stayed with the partner or you have been in relationship after relationship where cheating is a constant pattern or maybe you have cheated in your relationship before, you're thinking about cheating or whether you are the serial cheater yourself, there is no shame whatsoever. I don't think people understand how common it is and there is so much psychology on what goes behind the scenes. Like it, it's, it's so much deeper than people just thinking about doing it and acting on it. That does happen, obviously, but there's a lot of psychology and wounds related to why people cheat. And I'll obviously get into that, but I'm just here to provide you information. There's absolutely no shame at all. If you are a cheater or if you have been cheated on, I haven't been cheated on, to my knowledge. Could be a delusional girly. I'm not sure. I don't think my boyfriend has cheated on me. I feel like we all say that because I do trust him and I trust myself. Trust stems come from within us, not the people around us. But I think when I do do emotional cheating, I will open up about something that kind of has happened to me years ago. Like I think emotional cheating was present years ago, but I didn't really understand what it was or, and I didn't really hold the value at that time when I was so young that emotional cheating is a form of cheating. And if I had have known like the fact that it is actually a form of cheating, I probably wouldn't have stayed with that person. But that I will talk about that in another episode. This episode is on why people cheat is, like I said, just to give you a better understanding of why you might cheat one day or why you have cheated or maybe a possibility of why there was cheating involved in your relationship, which may be extremely difficult to hear. But exploring why cheating may happen is important. I know I've already said that. But in me, it's like talking about why cheating happens with compassion. I'm not justifying actions. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying that you know, me giving a, an insight into why people cheat, that it just because they do that and there's a reason behind it, it is therefore okay. I'm not saying I don't think cheating is okay. 
it's not something that I, like, I know I say that now. If my boyfriend cheated, like, cheated on me, I wouldn't tolerate and I'd fuck him off. But then again, I've never been in that situation. I feel like we all say that. And then I feel like the people, like, everyone says that. And it's not until you're in that situation and where you don't really know what you would actually do. Like, I feel like we can all sit here and go, fuck that man. I'd get rid of him. I know my fucking worth. And I'm all for that. I hope that we would all have that in us. But then again, I truly don't think that we would really know what each, what we would do individually if we were ever put in a situation where we were cheated until we were actually being cheated on. Do you know what I mean? So I hold compassion and every person's situation is individual and different and everyone holds different values and beliefs and that is completely okay. I couldn't imagine the pain that comes with cheating, touch wood. I, like I said, have not been cheated on to my knowledge, but don't cheat on me, Marie. I will come for you. So I think it's really important before I tell you why people cheat to distinguish what you consider as cheating. So there's physical and emotional. We all know what physical fucking cheating is, putting the P in the V, whatever, having sex with someone outside of your relationship that you haven't consented on or whatever, because I know there's there's a lot of people in open relationships these days, but this is like very clear, like two people in a relationship, you've set the boundary on what you believe if you went out and hooked up with a female or a male or another person or had sex with them, you therefore consider that as cheating. Emotional cheating is still cheating. Another form of cheating is emotional cheating. And I was actually surprised with the responses that I put up on my Instagram, whether or not people consider this as cheating. So emotional cheating is a type of infidelity where one partner shares emotional intimacy and connection with someone other than their partner. So the examples that I put up on my Instagram when I asked you guys if you consider this as cheating is, you know, texting or messaging or meeting up with someone behind your partner's back where the intention behind that is not friends. And, you know, it's like romantic or, you know, there's energy behind it where it's like chemistry or you perceive it to be chemistry and it's secretive. Or if, you know, your boyfriend's liking females thirst traps on Instagram after you've communicated that it makes you feel uncomfortable and disrespected. Or if your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever is going out to strippers, to the strippers and getting a lap dance and saying that, you know, just, I won't add that. I was going to say something then, but let's. Gotta be careful what I say on this podcast sometimes. Anyway, that is emotional cheating. It's a form of cheating. Whether or not you value or believe it to be cheating or hold value of that in your relationship, that's obviously completely up to you, but it is a type of cheating. And it's important for you to have conversations with your partner about cheating and topics like this because boundaries, whether or not you establish this is cheating or not. I think establishing boundaries regardless in your relationship is important. So whether that's your partner liking other half-naked female or male photos online that it makes you feel really uncomfortable and hanging out with the opposite sex behind your back or, you know, going out and getting a lap dance, like I said, at the club, it's important to have these conversations and these boundaries really early on so you can establish that so you know if they do commit or do make those choices to do these things, you've established that boundary. And if they do act on some of those things, then that's kind of up to you whether or not you've put up with it and stay or you absolutely do not put up with it and you tell them. You made it very clear that that was a boundary and they stepped over it, so you fucking leave their ass. But regardless of what you value, cheating is not just physical, it's emotional. It can be emotional as well. So let's get into the juicy shit. 
So after, you know, forming down my own ideas of what I've learned, you know, through study and researching and online and my own personal opinions on why people cheat, I think it is important to say from the beginning, once again, just because there may be a reason behind behind someone cheating, I'm not saying that it is okay and their actions are justifiable and not one size fits all. So this isn't going to be for everyone. You know, I'm literally got so many different so many different pointers on why people cheat but everyone's different and just because one person might cheat because they've got extreme daddy issues or an attachment issue another person might cheat because their needs aren't getting met in a a 10 year long relationship and they've communicated that and or they don't know how to communicate so they then go and seek their needs outside of the relationship and then cheat there are so many different reasons and not one size fits all. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. I just want us all to have a better understanding of why people act the way that they do, because I feel like knowing this stuff can really help people with their healing journey. And learning this stuff might allow you to avoid cheating in the future, or it might avoid your partner to cheat, because I'm going to talk about like why conscious conversations are so important in your relationship, even though they might be difficult. Okay, so If you are someone who has had the urge to cheat or if you ever find yourself in a position to cheat, I want you to try and remind yourself in that exact moment of what is it in this moment that I'm feeling and that this person is making me feel because I can almost guarantee you when you ask yourself that question in the moment or if you think you are going to cheat that you will kind of remind yourself and and establish a reason into why you might be going to cheat and this is why therapy is so important because you can have these conversations with your therapist and figure out like what's going on what am I lacking in my relationship and myself that me going and seeking this validation outside of my relationship that could cause more harm than good what is it that is missing within me in my relationship that's leading me to want this validation or this feeling or me going behind my partner's back and committing an act of cheating. It, trust me when I say it's going to be easier to ask yourself that question and easier to unpack these questions in therapy rather than going and cheating and hurting both yourself because someone who cheats, obviously the person being cheated on, that's the person who's dealing with it, I guess, the most. But just because someone cheats doesn't mean they don't feel shame, they don't feel sorry, they don't hold guilt with them for years embarrassed and regret it for the rest of their life and it's not like they've done it and they never think about it again do you know what I mean and more times than not if people do stay with the person who they cheated with a lot of people will continue to drag that through the relationship and make it a bigger problem rather than trying to make it work and use it as an excuse to justify the other person's behavior like oh you cheated on me so I get to do this do you know what I mean And that's where relationships go completely wrong if you're trying to stay with someone who has cheated. So go to therapy, ask yourself that question before you do cheat or you are wanting to cheat. What is it about this person or this feeling that's making me have the urge to cheat? Because it almost always comes back to the person who's cheating, not the person who they're cheating with or cheating on. Okay, so the first reason that I have for why people cheat is cheating happens as a result of issues of within. 
So this can be what we are lacking. So a lot of people can create an idea of someone in their head who they do cheat with and they think that it's about this connection that they've created with this person, that the sexual chemistry and energy is just too good but it's not about the person. This person is just highlighting areas in your life that you are lacking within you and or your relationship. So maybe this person that you have cheated on with or were wanting to cheat on with has been giving you a lot of attention and validating you that you aren't getting from your partner, that could be a driver of why you are wanting to cheat because you're lacking something within your relationship or within yourself. Another reason why people cheat is due to childhood trauma wounds. So if they've had a parent where they've grown up and they've seen a lot of infidelity, their mum's brought home different partners every weekend and your and your mum had been cheating on your dad, you kind of watched that growing up and you believe that it is normal and people will try and recreate what they've seen as a relationship as and as love in their adult relationships. And I think another one can be self-sabotage. So self-sabotage stems from fear and it isn't usually a conscious thing. So we aren't normally conscious of us self-sabotaging until after we have actually self-sabotaged. So if you have a childhood wound or a belief that love is unsafe, love is unpredictable, love is chaotic, and you've grown up having caregivers who haven't given you a healthy, like you haven't had a healthy connection or attunement or relationship with your caregivers, that can be a really difficult situation because growing up, obviously the human brain lacks the feeling of familiarity. And even if it's not healthy, the familiarity that you're creating in your relationships to cheating and chaos and chaotic, unsafe behavior, like maybe cheating, because that's what you witnessed growing up and you start self-sabotaging. It kind of feels right at the time, but then afterwards it feels wrong, which is kind of that fear, self-sabotage response. But just because we can look at that and go, that's not healthy, that's not right, people in these situations don't know any better until they do the work and they heal and they go to therapy and they work on themselves because obviously that's all they know and the brain lacks patterns of familiar. And we as humans in our brain tend to recreate what was modelled and what we were conditioned and what we believed in childhood to our present adult lives, whether we're conscious of it or not. I think another big one for why people cheat is instant gratification of sex or emotional cheating because having respect for your partner and your relationship in the long term, people tend to disrespect that and turn a blind eye to it because they'll think of like what's in front of them. I can message this girl behind my partner's back because it's going to give me that instant feel good chemical in my body or I'm going to have sex with this girl when I'm out because she's all I can think of and I'm not thinking of my partner who's back at home because what's in front of me right now is a chick who's grinding on me at the club so I'm going to go and have sex with her. That instant gratification thing because a lot of us struggle with wanting that good feeling right there and right now. This stems from a deep lack of control. I said on my post yesterday, I asked you guys if you think once a cheater, always a cheater and I was very proud with the responses because I think it was like 90% of you said no, not once a cheater, always a cheater. Obviously people can think what they want. And if you think once a cheater, always a cheater, that's completely okay. I actually used to think once a cheater, always a cheater, especially in high school. Like I would get so fucking angry if I knew anyone who got cheated on. And I feel like there was a pattern of boys 
who would cheat on their girlfriends or my friends and then they would keep doing it. So I feel like that's where I got the whole once a cheater, always a cheater bullshit. But again, people who cheat when they're young, that's a completely different thing. That's like immaturity. Everyone fucking makes stupid mistakes in life, especially when we're young. And a lot of our fucking high school relationships weren't like, yes, I guess there was love and whatnot, but they weren't, they were immature relationships. Do you know what I mean? Like there was no experience. It was just like very, you know, we're all fucking going through puberty. And a lot of the boys, I feel like they saw us for, I feel like definitely we were seen as more for sex than anything else anyway. But yeah, I used to think once a cheater, always a cheater. And as I've grown up, definitely do not think that at all. I think that people make mistakes and we learn from them and we grow and we can heal ourselves. And like I said on my story, I think I don't believe in once a cheater, always a cheater because, yeah, I think people make mistakes. We're all human. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. You may have done a a bad thing. Everyone does bad things. I've done plenty of bad things in my life, but, you know, we we learn from them and we grow. I even think, I was saying in my story that I even think the serial cheaters, I don't think many people would agree with me on this, but I truly believe even the serial cheaters who have cheated and cheated and cheated in one relationship or all of their relationships can then maybe go to therapy or do deep inner healing work and figure out that, hey, there is a pattern this is going on. It's because of a wound that my father left me or that my father imprinted on me about female or it's got something to do with that instant gratification thing or I constantly self-sabotage because I don't know anything other than making unhealthy decisions in my relationships and they figure that out and they start healing themselves and then they never cheat again. I also think that that's really possible that people do have the power to do that as well. I think that there can be factors such as different personalities and can you, this is a little bit off topic from the personality thing, but can you recognize a pattern, well, kind of is on topic, can you recognize a pattern of you being attracted to the same people who always cheat on you? Because there's there's definitely a pattern in that for people who are constantly in relationships and they get treated like shit or they get cheated on. I definitely encourage you to look within and start doing deep inner healing work and go to therapy and figure out what's causing this cycle. Why do I keep attracting these people into my life? Why am I always ending up in these relationships? Like, is it my boundaries? Is it my communication? Is it because I am attracted to that toxic male or female because it's all I know and that's what I grew up with. I think narcissists, that can be a thing of why people cheat because they be they can be a narcissist and narcissists are very, very insecure people with no empathy and they'll do this by going and getting their own needs met and they're very aware of it. Narcissist is a very overused term. No, not everyone's a narcissist for, you know, putting their own needs first or doing shitty things or whatever. But obviously narcissists do exist in the world and they focus on getting their own needs met over anyone else's and not caring about yours or anyone else's. BPD is another personality type that is correlated with cheating. This is because people with BPD, they're very insecure. They have low impulse. They have emotional dysregulation. They have attachment issues and they have a favorite person. And a lot of people with BPD struggle with low self-esteem and trying to make themselves feel better in the moment by cheating and using something like cheating as a coping mechanism. People with BPD, borderline personality disorder, by the way, can have really 
low self-esteem. And obviously you don't have to have BPD to have really low self-esteem. I think I have quite a low self-esteem, to be honest, if I'm being honest, but I don't have BPD. But it is quite common for issues like cheating to rise in people who have BPD in their relationships. But all I just want to say, whether or you, like you've been diagnosed with something like that, I truly believe that it's possible to heal yourself and that even though they've told you that you've got this for the rest of your life and this is your identity for the rest of your life and there's nothing you can do, there are so many stories out there and people that I've spoken to, even psychologists who have worked with people and people have actually turned their lives around and healed themselves and they don't meet the criteria for something like BPD anymore. So I just want to say I think that's a very controversial statement and a lot of people can get really upset with statements by those, but I've seen it. I have spoken to professionals in the mental health field who have seen it as well. And I always see stuff on TikTok of people being like, I had BPD and now I don't because I've done X, Y, and Z. And obviously it's a very long process, but I truly believe that it is possible. Going back to the low self-esteem, if you are someone who has very low low self-esteem, you are more likely to give in to someone giving you attention and validating you and because people are giving the attention that you want and that you are lacking within. And people with low self-esteem tend to seek validation from others about their worth through people and social media. The wounded masculine and feminine in this situation will instead of acknowledging that there is a deep wound and there's something going on that's driving these type of behaviors who have deep insecurity and deep ego issues will go and commit an act like cheating and make themselves feel better in that moment, get their instant gratification and then feel like shit and suffer as a result because that need is so strong. But they won't necessarily acknowledge that there is a problem. My second point, cheating happens as a result of issues within the relationship with you and your partner. Now, before I talk about this one, I just want to say we're all mature here. This this can be quite triggering, but I think it's important again to talk about this stuff. So I think if you personally can't have difficult conversations with your partner, things can build up. People can go and try and save these problems that are present in the relationship that aren't being communicated and things aren't getting resolved and seek that outside of their relationship and do things like cheating. I'm not saying that it's okay, but if you've got a built up problem that isn't being communicated about or isn't fixing And over time, months, years, someone goes and cheats because their needs aren't getting met. Can you blame them? I do not blame people in a relationship where they're not getting their needs met. They're not in a loving, secure relationship. Their relationship has well and truly served its purpose. They emotionally checked out months ago, but they're still with this person because they can't. Neither of them can find that strength to leave. And then they go and do something like cheating. I do not blame, like, I seriously, like, what else are you supposed to do in that situation? You have needs. You're a fucking human being. Do you know what I mean? I just think that situations like that are so hard and that's why communicating your needs and issues in your relationship is so fucking important. A lot of people will try and solve their relationship problems subconsciously by seeking out things outside of their relationship. So like I said, things like being unloved or if there's resent building up in the relationship and then they'll go and try and seek that outside of the relationship but not even really be aware of what's kind of going on or how those dots are connected. I also think one that drives cheating is if someone has sexual desires or 
kinks or fetishes and they either, one, haven't communicated it to their partner because I guess maybe they feel too embarrassed or maybe they have communicated it to their partner, but that other partner, as they should, anyone, like no one should be forced into anything they don't want to do, but they aren't, you know, happy to fulfill that desire with their partner, then the other partner goes out and cheats because they need that desire to be met because, you know, maybe they seek variety or, like I said, different kinks. That's how cheating can kind of happen as well. Issues like this is why I will always stand for going to therapy because if you are someone who doesn't know how to communicate things properly in a relationship or communicate your needs, any it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship, any relationship, learning how to communicate properly is going to help you so much not just in your romantic relationships. And I think while our friends are amazing and a lot of us, like I know I do, I go to support and advice from my friends, vice versa, they come to me. I think, you know, I can be quite biased. Like if a friend's coming to me and there's a problem and and it keeps happening, maybe I could maybe have formed maybe a, a belief about a person or this relationship and I then am quite biased as one of my friends or your friends could be doing with you as well about your relationship. This is why it's important to have a therapist because our friends can be biased. And I think a lot of us can, you know, constantly talk about the bad things in our relationship and not the goods. And I think it can be really hard to not form a certain opinion about our friend's partner if they're constantly doing something that's like you don't think is okay. And maybe you think that they shouldn't be together or they should break up. I think at the end of the day, We should be there for our friends and give them advice, but it is really hard to not have form a subconscious bias. And that's why I think that going to therapy is really important because you're not going to have that bias of the person who is giving you advice. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's easy to sit down with your partner and have a conversation of, I have been really loving the attention that my barista has been giving me every morning. There's a lot of flirting going on and I've been really enjoying the attention and now I can't stop thinking about this person. Let's talk about this. Is there something lacking in our relationship or something lacking within myself that's making me get excited as a result of this person who is not in our relationship? Because I'm trying to source out this feeling externally rather than from within your partner or from within you. And maybe there is an issue with me or with us that we do need to go to therapy or we do need to talk about. Of course, those conversations are fucking hard. They're probably some of the hardest conversations you're ever going to have in your life. But self-awareness relationships and conscious relationships are so fucking important and being in a relationship is not easy at all. I know I would rather, and I think you will agree with me as well, that working on your relationship and having deep and hard conversations It's going to be so much better for both you and your relationship and your partner over going out and making a silly mistake and cheating and maybe you start emotional cheating and you start texting the the barista behind your boyfriend's back because you're loving the attention because you're not getting it off your current boyfriend or it's a self-esteem issue within. Having the conversation with your partner about this is going to be so much better than hurting both yourself and your partner. Like, relationships are literally the hardest fucking thing ever. Like, seriously, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship. Me and my current boyfriend, we've been together for four years, but we were with each other before that for two years. 
then we kind of broke up, but we still always saw each other and kind of kept in contact. So I kind of say seven years, you know, like we've been with each other for seven years before we were living with each other in a house. We were still seeing each other pretty much six days a week, mainly seven, like we'd stay with each other every night. And then we went straight into living with each other and we lived with each other for two years. The first year it was just us. We lived in an apartment. And then the second year we did a share house and we were at the point where like our relationship felt like it was so far gone. Well, not so far gone, but it got to the point where we were both like, we have tried everything. We had gone to therapy, you know, we did all the communication stuff. We were trying so bad. There was a lot of factors going on that really affected our relationship at the time. And, you know, we were both going through massive changes. And I think Another important thing in relationships is who you date is not going to be the same person in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years. And if you're not growing and evolving with your partner on similar wavelengths, not the same, but similar, the relationship isn't going to work out in the long term. And we're both kind of like going through that. I evolved in Muzz wouldn't and then Muzz would and then I wouldn't and it got to a really tricky point but they were the types of conversations that we were having that was so fucking hard and the conversations were like oh my god we've tried everything do you know we love each other do we break up like nothing is working we had a few of those conversations so it was lots of tears and then we kind of just were like no we're not ready to give up on each other relationships aren't easy this shit happens we've been with each other for a long time what's something that we could do that we just haven't really thought about and then it got to let's go and do our own thing obviously not break up but not live with each other so we're getting the space because we were literally on top of each other and we had really different schedules I was completing my thesis at the time Muzz was working six days a week 12 hour days night shift and there was like a lot of other shit going on that was affecting both of our mental health and we were just lashing out at each other and then it got to the point where we were like no we're not giving up this is bullshit. We're not going to let these factors ruin our relationship. We both love each other so much and we have decided to not live with each other. So we get to live with our friends. We get the space that we need. We still get to do our own thing. We get to work on ourselves in our own time, but we still are with each other, still love each other, still seeing each other. It's obviously not every night. It's been like every two to four nights that we've been seeing each other. It's been a really fucking weird adjustment, which I will talk about. But the growth that I've seen in Muzz just from us not living with each other for like a month is just like, oh my God, who is this person? And it feels refreshing and it feels like we're like little, not sneaky, but like people kind of not falling in love, but we're getting to do all the things that someone going into a relationship or forming a relationship at the start would be doing. You know, we're going on dates, but the difference between going on a date with your boyfriend who you haven't seen in a few days compared to going on a date with your boyfriend who you've been with every night and who you see every day is so completely different and it's just we're at a really good place and I'm so glad that we fucking did that if anyone is in that situation I feel like all you you hear and see on TikTok is you'll know if they're not for you or give up on this person or if this is happening blah 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 break up with them but relationships aren't fucking easy and I feel like you know There are things that, anyway, the moral of that story was relationships are not easy. Communication is hard, but it is so worth it because you can have outcomes like me and my boyfriend did because we had all the fucking hard conversations and we thought of every different possible outcome, but we talked about it and we navigated through it and now we're at the best place that we've ever been in because of the hard conversations and the hard decisions that we made. The third one, I've 
really got to wrap this episode up. The third reason why people cheat is external factors that contribute to cheating. So I just want to preface by saying, again, this is not an excuse at all. I'm not saying that alcohol is an excuse for cheating whatsoever, but alcohol does affect the part of our brain that is responsible for making a rational decision, which is called the prefrontal cortex, and as well as deciding right from wrong and what your consequences of actions may include as a result of your decision making, all of that gets messed up because of drinking alcohol. And even a little bit of alcohol, it's still going to have the same effects. Alcohol can block out what we have back at home as a memory or whose feelings may be hurt in the process of making a decision, even when our decision making is poor at the time of drinking alcohol. And we tend to just think of what's in front of us or who's in front of us or an opportunity that's in front of us, maybe going home with a guy or a girl, which you know you shouldn't be doing because that would be cheating on your partner. Alcohol can really affect the decision making. I really believe that alcohol makes us do stupid things. Well, I don't believe it. That's fact. It makes us do silly things. It affects our brain in ways, in so many other different ways. It's not just our decision making that it affects. But I truly believe that while alcohol can make us more likely to do silly things, if you've considered cheating on your partner sober, I think that you're more likely to do that when you are drinking. But again, it's not an excuse. Anyway, I understand why people cheat. I hope that gave you guys a little bit of an insight on why people cheat as well. Again, I'm not saying that it's the right thing, but there is no shame and you know, we've all got something going on within. Let's just be kind to ourselves. Let's be kind to the cheaters. Let's be kind to the people who got cheated on. I think it's not an excuse. Don't come for me because I don't, I'm not saying that it's an excuse, but yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode and I will see you in the, in part two of the psychology of cheating. If you got something out of it, if you think someone else would get something out of it, please send it to them. Send it to a friend who maybe has been cheated on or is a cheat who you think that they would have a better understanding of the whole psychology of why we cheat once listening to this episode. I love you guys so much. If you could give me a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast, only if you like listening to me, of course, and I will see you next week. Remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you don't want to be a cheater, acknowledge your patterns or your thought processes or your self-esteem issues and go to therapy. If you keep finding yourself in relationships where the pattern of cheating keeps happening, you keep getting cheated on, go to therapy.